What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everybody, Jacob here with the Daniel 3 Podcast. Uh, this is episode, uh, 81, um, where I had Reed Coverdale and Will Bell of, uh, the Capitalist Communion back on my show, and I know some of these episodes where I have atheists on or non-Christians, um, you know, sometimes the content gets a little, um, you know, NS, uh, what's the, what's the acronym, not safe for work, NSFW, or just not, not PG, uh, not family friendly, it's not too gruesome or anything like that um but you know there's more you know swearing or uh raunchy humor a little bit a little bit of uh you know sometimes because uh reed and will are atheists they'll uh you know make make jokes at the expense of christianity or, or things like that and you know I, I tend to try to be you know um of a good spirit in those kind of conversations and um, I, I know them personally, so we're, we're able to, you know, when I know the, the, the banter and the jokes like that are coming from, uh, a good place and not from a place of maliciousness, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, easy for me to join in on the fun, so to speak. Uh, you know, not, I think it's good for Christians to embody that spirit sometimes, not take ourselves too seriously where, uh, we're seen as people who can't have fun, who can't appreciate, uh, you know, humor and whatnot. Um, but you know, there's a time and place for those types of things. And I, I do, um, want to be sensitive to that and also sensitive to the fact that not everything is for everyone. So, uh, you know, if more edgy humor or more, um, you know, uh, you know, swearing and stuff isn't something that you particularly want to listen to, this episode might not be for you. That said, I think if you're able to, um, you know, be a little bit thicker skinned towards those type of things, even if they're not your cup of tea, 
there are after maybe the first 20, 30 minutes of this episode where there's a lot of banter, we do get into some very good conversational uh, topics um, re- related to libertarianism and, you know, kind of like the uh, different approaches and strategies that people take. Uh, when it comes to, you know, either emphasizing decentralization or emphasizing individual rights and freedoms, no matter what uh, structures we employ to protect those. So um, that's all I really wanted to put out there at the beginning before uh, this conversation played. Um, It's also a few months behind because I'm just a few months behind on everything, Um, but I appreciate your guys' patience as I get caught up on things. And there's definitely some uh, big things coming over the horizon, so stay tuned for that and enjoy. evening everybody this is the daniel three podcast episode 81 um so uh if you're tuning in and you weren't following along uh my updates on twitter you might be confused because the episode originally was going to be with the libertarian party sober caucus and then i decided uh well well, we kind of had a scheduling conflict and then i decided we were just going to do the complete opposite and I found the uh, two of my favorite degenerates to come on and drink a bunch of wine with. Speaking of that, uh, so I have, you guys can't see it because my green screen screws it up, but I got my rabbit eye blueberry wine as always, although tonight I'll be actually drinking it. Um, I'm drinking the super sweet stuff tonight, which is the stuff my wife drinks, but uh, they got a whole litany of different uh, options going from semi-sweet to all the way to super dry, which is the way I prefer to drink it. Um, that's rabbiteyewine.com. Definitely check that out. Um, I will be rescheduling with the LP Sober Caucus. And in all seriousness, they some, some of the stuff they do, I think, is actually uh, really cool and important. And even though I couldn't have them on tonight, I did want to plug uh, something of theirs, which is a uh, $500 Fuck the DEA uh, scholarship that they are making available to any verified uh, LP member who is looking to get into any kind of rehabilitation treatment uh, or sober living. So if uh, that's something that you're interested in, if you're trying to make a change and stuff, um, you know, uh, definitely go check them out. Uh, you can follow them at LP Sober Caucus on Twitter. Uh, and they'll be coming on the show sometime in the next few weeks to talk about uh, the work they do, which I actually think uh, is is pretty valuable. Um, but with all the pleasantries and intros out of the way, um, I'm going to bring on my two uh, brethren 
in the faith of the capitalist communion. Uh, we got, uh, for starters, Mr. Will Bell, the blueberry wine Jesus himself, the one who turns that the sweet blueberries into this delicious fermentation uh, elixir that, that we consume together. Will, how you doing tonight, brother? Doing good, man. How about good. you, sir? Good. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing. That was quite the intro for my wine, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I didn't do the normal. I usually do the. If Jesus was walking the earth today, he'd be turning water into rabbit eye blueberry wine. You know. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I, I wish I had like a radio voice that I could do that like nice and smooth. You know what I mean? Like that's like the perfect advertisement. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I decided to just you know. There's no cool people on Twitter anymore, so I just found a random groiper to to, to come on to the show. Um, so uh, I think you're here to talk about your Lord and Savior, Nick Fuentes. Well, <clears throat> when I was at his event, these guys were all chanting about this guy, Roy Pertz, Roy Pertz, Roy Pertz. So I figured he must be a cool guy. So that's who I'm impersonating tonight. I don't, I don't get the, the, I don't know who the Roy Pert is, but okay. I don't either. They were just like Roy Pert, Roy, it might've been Roy Pert. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's go, Brandon. (laughs) Exactly. Oh gosh. Uh, By the way, uh, Jacob, I think I've only been on this show twice and the, uh, the first time I recommended you get an intro. But, you know, four minutes overdoing it just a little bit. I, I'd, I'd cut that bitch into about a quarter of that length. Just my advice. But <laughs> go big or go home, brother. That's all I know how to do. I guess but... so. <laughs> it's, it's actually, I mean, the reason I do it is just to give people a chance to get into the life. Like, give that little countdown so that, like, people can, can join in and stuff. Um, maybe I'll trim it down to just a minute, though. I think maybe two and a half minutes is a, a little excessive. But people like that. I don't see. I took it away once. And started doing just the shorter intro, but people were like, "No, man, I like that song at the beginning." It's like, right, whatever. Gotta Everyone's gonna your complain. audience whatever they Did want. They like that song. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a uh, it was a uh, little, little David Brady. Don't don't pick on little David Brady, okay? You know, I would he... never. I would never. <laughs> he came at me about some Red Hot Chili Peppers albums today on Twitter, like he was born in the sin the. Uh, the decade that they were made. <laughs> or y- y'all were probably still, y'all are too young for Red I just Hot went Chili swimming. Peppers. All right, buddy. I literally <laughs> buddy. just came back from going swimming. So chill. Buddy, buddy's commenting. I'm not a chick. All right. Sorry. Jesus. Oh, can I say that on this show? Like, I don't no, want to you're, get you're fine. lightning or something. You're, so. you're, yeah. yeah no, I, I gave up trying. I mean, this, I have a couple of, you know, this is, this is a show that's mostly like, generalized with a couple wholesome episodes in between i gave up trying to enforce a no because i swear it's just and like if if there's christians that are that butthurt about swearing that they like discount everything else i have to say then they're not really the type of christians that i'm trying to reach with my message anyway you know what i mean like even if even if somebody says like oh well i don't like that he swears if they you know most people can get over that it's not matthew 536 and do not even swear by your own head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Just saying. So, decided to pull that out. The problem with having having uh, read on is that, like, I think he he might know even more uh, of his of his Bible verses than I do. Well, see, I don't like remember a... I don't remember any of the verse addresses, but I just remember what they say. So I have to Google like sort of the gist of what it is, and then it'll pop up like, oh yeah, 
Revelations 2.36 or whatever, and I can remember it. But. Did you ever do any of the, uh, like, Christian Bible camps and stuff? Or you they, they would give you, like, points and prizes for memorizing verses and stuff? Oh, and yeah. So... Well, did you do sword drills? Did you ever do those? Sword drills. I don't think so. That was where the Sunday school teacher would just say, like, okay, Job 11.14, go. And then everyone would turn through the Bible, and the first person to find it and read it, you know, gets a point or whatever. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, we did stuff like that too. Yep. Yeah. So, but I think I can still, do you mind if I try? I think I can still do all 66 books. I think. All right, here we go. Go for all it. Right. Let's go. I'm not looking at anything. Genesis, oh. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first uh, and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. Did I miss any? You missed Galatians, oh, Ephesians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, yeah, and then yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, okay. you, you you were good through the Old Testament. So I mean, well, I'm um, more about burning the fags. And the <laughs> right, Old exactly. Thing. It's on. It's on. It's on theme for you. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh gosh. That's gonna um, get kicked off YouTube. Right yeah, there. First crazy. five minutes, we're out. <laughs> I meant smoking cigarettes. Jeez. Mm, yeah. Right. Or drinking alcohol. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I'm not really a fan of God in the Old Testament, but he's pretty based. I mean, Will, God in the Old Testament is pretty based. Do you not deny that? He plays no games. No. Like, y'all didn't kill enough enemy babies. Like, I know. When he, like, hires Saul, he's like, you didn't murder the children and all the sheep and all the, you didn't, you didn't, you only killed the men. Like, that's not good enough, dude. You're Mm -hmm. you're done. You know, like, that's pretty based. You got to admit. And go collect some foreskins right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's yeah. that? What's up with that, Jacob? <laughs> defend foreskins while we're. <laughs> I mean, or not gosh. defend? No, actually, like defend. I don't. Them. I don't know if I'm in the mood to do Old Testament <laughs> apologetics right now. Yeah. I mean, we can do. <laughs> like the problem is, like I know you're just ribbing on me, but like you're triggering the autism a little bit, and just like, right. I'd be like, well, yeah. actually, guys, that's that's. <laughs> Actually, I was backpacking with my dad last week, and whenever I drink out of a river, I do it Gideon's Army style. So for those who don't know, that means you put your hand in the water, scoop it up and drink it instead of sticking your head in because then you're more aware of what's going on. And so I forget if Gideon's Army, did they wipe out the Amalekites or the Philistines with the jars of clay? It was the Amalekites, I'm pretty sure. Amalekites, all right. So, but... He had like this huge army and got he put them through like three tests to whittle it down to just a few hundred men or something. Yep. And they just went out with a bunch of jars of clay and torches and trumpets, I think. And they blew. Is that all correct? It's been a while since I've read the story. And they just scared the Philistines away. Or the yeah. Alakites yeah. Away. yeah, pretty much. It's very similar to the Battle of Jericho, except instead of walls falling down, it's people running away scared. So, yeah. Which yep. that's how you know Donald Trump didn't read the Bible because his favorite character would be Nehemiah for building the wall, 
And his least favorite character would definitely be Joshua for knocking the knocking wall. it down. Yeah, yeah. Joshua was, you know, the Israelites were those illegal immigrants, man, trying to come in and take everybody's jobs. Yeah, Joshua <laughs> was open borders all the way. You know? <laughs> Actually, you know, there's a strong clip, but see, once they took over, though, the problem was they didn't, they they, they weren't supposed to trade and interact and interbreed with the uh, Canaanites that they didn't kill, True. and. Uh, that that caused issues for I him, told like, you God Samson. was based. Like yeah. kill them. And if you don't kill them, do not fuck them. You know, that's pretty based. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We gotta we I I have to uh reclaim my show and put put it back in the direction we're supposed to be. We'll brought two atheists who are biblical biblically I know, I know on the show. That was a mistake. But uh, yeah, I know. I'm not I, in, I, I'm not, I'm not trapped group. in in any what? other group, I would feel like I'm biblically, biblically informed. Like I know my way around it, but I feel so ignorant when you start throwing out shit. I'm just, oh fuck, I don't know that character. <laughs> you, you know, a couple who, times, a couple times, Reed stumps me. Like that Matthew verse he threw out, I was like, well, I'm not super familiar with that one. But usually, hmm. I usually I know what he's talking about. Wait, wait, wait. Um, we have to address this. I don't even fucking remember what it was, but. <laughs> I stumped the teacher in the Twitter chat when I still had Twitter. If I still had Twitter, I could go back and look, but I don't remember what it was. What was it? I got Jacob on. So- oh, it was, it was uh, Lot fucking his daughters, and he thought it was. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I confused that with Noah because yeah. they they just what did Noah's his daughters do to him? Fucked him, right? Or they got He's him to? There, I forget. Sure Noah fucked There's, his there's way too. Lot I'm sorry. His daughters. And there's Noah way too much like kids him. and alcohol and parents <laughs> so, like there's just lots daughters got him drunk and then uh, right. they had and then yeah. noah got drunk and his son saw his butt yeah <laughs> and that's how and and then he's oh man i i'm not gonna go on with how, the other <laughs> Reed knows where I'm going with Did that. you get banned off of YouTube for reading Bible verses? I feel like you did. Not because they're like anti-Jesus, but just because some of the content in there is like, whoa. <laughs> right? Just, right read, wait, just do a live reading of the I'm Old going. Testament. That's all it takes. Hey, can, this is biblical, controversial Bible stuff, though. The, the Noah stuff with his son and him casting out, is it Ham or something? Yeah, Ham. You know what I'm yep. Do y'all know where I was going with that? Like, yeah, they become black people. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Israelites are the black people. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's some wild shit, man. <laughs> hey, at least, you know, well, the Mormons didn't allow black people to go to heaven until 1987, I believe. But, you know, the Christians were a little faster to it, so... The Christians were like, we get to enslave them, and then they go to heaven when they die. And then after after a while, they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe we won't do that anymore. You know what really sucks is that, like, I, I, I love to bash, from my theological perspective, Mormons and Jehovah Witness. But they're, they tend to be actually the most based Christians, if you use that term loosely, when it comes to the state. Like, especially the Jehovah Witness people, like, they, they pretty much just, like— like if you ever read like those newsletters that come in the mail and stuff, they just talk about how like the state's like a false god and you should completely distance yourself from it and 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 not even care and don't get into politics and all that. Like holy shit! Like how how are they so batshit crazy on all this other stuff? But they get this one thing right. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Muslims, you know, they're based on Israel. They're also based on the Nineteenth Amendment. 
you know, there's a lot of stuff those Muslims really get right that we don't really give them credit for. Yeah, but they're pro mask. That's true. They are pro mask, but only for women. Only for women. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get behind that. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So we got a lot to catch up on other than just going through all, all the Old Testament crap. Um, so I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys both on my show since Reno. So maybe we'll just do like, even though it's kind of ancient history, um, what, 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 what was your experience like there? And were there any notable moments that, uh, that, that you wanted to talk about? Well, there was like, a group it was me liam and will for sure and then we also had brian mcwilliams along with us most of the time and um david iglesias i'd say that was kind of the nuclear group wouldn't you say will that was kind of like yeah for sure we were, yeah. we were oh, and jeremy todd he was with us most of the time too oh, yeah. and then, then we kind of mingled with like clint was in and out and then uh Scott Horton was in and out and, uh, you know, a few other people, but that, that was like the, was that six people that we were like all together most of the time. Um, and we were all on the floor for the votes, which was fun. Yeah. Um, and then after the voting was done, we'd all go out to eat and then go drink, stay up till two in the morning and then get up at eight to go vote again. Um, but yeah, the, the first day was boring. Because didn't, was, did, didn't you talk to to Sarwark at one point? I'm trying to remember if you. Uh, if I it, did. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it was after we'd already whooped his ass, and we went in after he was physically assaulted. Yeah, I was with Toad, Brian McWilliams, and Clint, and I was pretty drunk. And we walked into a restaurant, and he was sitting at the table. And so I just walked up to him and said, "Nick Sarwark," and like reached out my hand, and he's just like. Or I was like, Nick Sarwark, I'm Reed Coverdale. And he was just like, I know who you are. And I said, will you take a picture with me? And he was no. like, no. And then that was it. So. You're probably part of his his ongoing project of screenshotting all the offensive things the Mises Caucus people say to give to some group nobody cares about. Well, dude, I'm pissed because uh, uh, not to switch subjects, I'll let Will give his thing on Reno. But this latest SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center hit piece, like, they associate they talk about ryan dawson more with clint than with me like it's almost like a side note that yeah right. so like talk to him once and i was like are you kidding like i do all this work to be known as like the bigot in the libertarian party and then this is how they treat me but yeah anyway we'll get into that later i'm sure so will what, what did you think of reno oh man same same as you the uh hanging out with the boys you know getting to see ron paul speak that was yeah. amazing dude that was so i was watching that live someone was like live streaming it and i i like i was like putting i was like putting my kids to bed i think and i'm watching it and i see ron go ah, and i was just like oh my god <laughs> that, <laughs> that was fun dude me and liam were right there by each other and like they were playing the dan smots video where he was like overlapping dave smith and ron paul's speech and dude we were getting the jitters and then ron paul they brought ron paul out it was it was some it was magical. <laughs> Not was it a religious it. experience? Well, <laughs> it kind of was, dude. Like just that the feeling of like this is the Ron Paul revolution coming back. And Our conventions are like a like the mecca of libertarians. Libertarians were uh, a, a religion. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, dude. It, it was in the air, man. There was a lot of hurt feelings over that whole the whole civil war. We we had the whole, you know 
the Mises caucus just ran the room. It was sad watching the yeah. kind of, there was some people that were like not necessarily anti Mises that kind of got pushed in that direction from just feeling like they were getting bullied, which they yeah, did. I know. Else, yeah. But whatever it's, it was sad to see some people get butt hurt and there were some people in Georgia. But I thought like, people enjoyed all of the butt hurt. I thought I know you did. <laughs> well, my <laughs> thing is like it kind of sucks in the short term, but like long term, anyone who is a reasonable, grounded libertarian is going to get over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give them a few months. I mean, it's already been what almost two months. So, you know, yeah. anyone who's reasonable who cares about getting shit done, you know, they're going to look at the work we're doing. I mean, we're already like. People, the, the the losers are trying to say we're, we're already losing money when actually when you look at it we're already uh in this uh quarter that we've taken over like we're already uh raising more money than the lp has over like the last like i think five or seven years or something like that for for this quarter so it's like we're things are already treading in the right direction and i think a lot of those people like they're maybe they don't like the way we took over but when they see the money and the people coming in they're you know they're they're not gonna just be angry forever. They're they're gonna they're gonna come around. That's my thought at least. The bitch cuck, cuck the bitch cuck fucks they can you know oh, go do the, their own thing. The bitch fuck cucks. You gotta get the get the order right. But bitch cuck fuck whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the BFCs. It's the BFCs. like the BFG. Have you ever read that book? But BFCs instead. So is it like BBCs, which is your favorite porn hub? category yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so Christian show jacob calm down. Calm, okay this I'm, I'm surrounded by two degenerates okay i mean what am i supposed to do <laughs> i need some help buddy buddy you gotta come save me man okay you gotta hop we, on. we all need more of buddy in our lives don't we <laughs> goodness y- y'all don't know y'all haven't met buddy in real life he's like a he seems he, he seems crazy, like like he bit. would be <laughs> a little bit. Tyler the right amount of crazy. What is Tyler going to review this podcast? Put it up on his next review. <laughs> I hope so. I just saw he was in the chat, so I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe I don't know. Everyone, everyone, say something. Oh, we, we met Tyler. Tyler's awesome. He was. He yeah. interviewed you guys, right? Yeah. And Toad, um, Toad would like to think that he saved the entire convention by right. he did you know he did don't take that away from him <laughs> he needs something in his life man he needs everything he can get so Ooh, not not we're not worthy yet we don't have we don't have liam so we're not we're not the four amigos or the four musketeers yeah, we so we... words yet to be legal to be uh, <laughs> you know ready to be qualified so. we don't we don't have enough see like none of us are pretty enough you know what <laughs> i mean like liam like, like, we're, we're all we're all kind of rough and scraggly and liam comes on with his yeah he's got his, the rosy cheeks rosy cheeks uh, and everything you know. boy I isn't actually, he cute in person too will he's adorable isn't he he was yeah. adorable oh my goodness <laughs> i contemplated I, I was contemplating asking my wife to put some blush on my cheeks just to impersonate liam but like you, yeah, you can't that's natural glow that's goodness seeping out of him like yeah. he's just <laughs> he's pure you know he's just pure so he is <laughs> i i probably gave him covid <laughs> i don't know what happened i i think i got covid like a week before reno so i yes I, you I, must have i deserve covid like for how i was just fucking running around reno not giving one shit <laughs> so um so yeah so reno in the rear view mirror 
um you know what what have what what have you been up to reed because you've been off twitter now for i don't know like a month or so which just like and not just you like first of all like it seems like all the cool people got removed and you seem to be at least gone for now and not not coming back anytime soon so well, what have you been up to and uh i saw recently you I, I don't know what event you you went to but i saw you were taking a picture with uh, uh you know dave smith's uh best friend so yeah. <laughs> um well, i still have a talent for causing chaos on twitter even when i'm not there which is good you know i'm proud of that but uh let's see um I moved back to New Hampshire just over a month ago. Uh, you know, I've moved in with Phil Labont from All That Remains. We're living in a bachelor household with like with two other bachelors. I'm not there right now. I'm actually at my parents' house right now. I live about an hour away from my parents, so I uh, hang out here a little bit and then go down there. And I'm all over the state, small state, petitioning for Jeremy Kaufman. Then going to market baskets and gathering signatures. I think we just hit our threshold today which is nice. Great. Um, when I first got back, we had pork fest for about a week. So I went up there. I was there like five days, did a couple speeches, a couple podcasts, climb out Washington with a couple guys. Toad is one of them, dragged them all the way to the top. He made it. I was proud of him. Um, and then I just went to freedom fest for what? Five days. Just got back yesterday. Um, and that was fun. That's where I met the infamous Nick Fuentes. Um, I wrote a Substack article about it, but I was very underwhelmed. It was probably the gayest thing I've ever been to. Um, I'll be honest, though, with Nick Fuentes, like, I don't understand what the, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what the, what the frenzy is all about. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people hate him. I don't understand why people love him. Like, to me, he's just kind of. I can't stand his voice, but that's just a personal thing. Like listening to him talk for more than five minutes just makes me want to, you know, drive something through my temple. But yeah. I mean, but I, I just don't get what the what the fascination with him is. Like it's just it's a mystery to me. So I don't know. I'm not other people, but he is very controversial. So I purposefully took. I a mean, picture. not everyone not, not everyone can reach that that high level of bigotry that that you and Ryan Dawson reach. I mean, you know, you gotta. <laughs> well actually i want to get nick on my show and one of my criticisms of him and will knows this is that his bigotry is inconsistent i don't understand it like i don't understand how you can legitimately use the term organized jewry and then love donald trump you know like if you're gonna go down <laughs> that road like what about the kushners what about is you know the israeli uh foreign policy what about you know, all the ties to the ADL and he's just LARPing as an anti-Semite, you know, what I, mean? yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he really means it. Like, I think I am more critical of organized Jewry as he calls it than he is, you know, like, it's like he uses all the racist slurs and everything, but when it comes down to it, he's not a principled racist, you know, like I, even though I'm not a racist, I'm a more principled racist than he is, is, is the case I'm making. So, can, can you tell that Reed's been kicked off Twitter? <laughs> but I don't give shit, no shits about political correctness anymore. <laughs> like, he never did, but damn it. <laughs> no, it's like, basically that meme that's just like, after, after, careful, <laughs> after careful consideration, I've decided to, I've become, decided worse. to become worse. Become worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, um, 
but yeah, I don't get it. And I went with a black dude. I went with uh, Olivia's boyfriend, Patriot J. Because um, what actually happened is I knew about Jason Rank making the documentary that got canceled. And I'd actually been in contact with him because I just wanted to do an interview with him about it. And then um, he he was there at Freedom Fest and he got kicked off the site. He wasn't allowed in the hotel, wasn't allowed to attend Freedom Fest anymore. Jason, not Nick, just Jason wasn't allowed to. So I was going to set up an interview with him and then I meet up with Olivia and then Patriot J shows up and he says he's actually going to the event. And I was like, oh, dude, you're going? Oh, I Fuck, I have to go now. So I like organized it so that I could go. Uh, and then I tagged along with him and we went. And like I said, it was the dude, it was just like a bunch of it was like I was in a Catholic church with a bunch of. Uh, you know, yeah. So Mm -hmm. what was the vibe of the documentary? Was it just like almost just Nick Fuentes' story? Like, what was he, 25? I think he's 24, but it was like, yeah, it was about his rise to fame and then about all the censorship and, you know, the no-fly list and all this stuff that he's been put through. And it wasn't supportive of his views at all. I didn't get that vibe at least. It was just kind of a documentary about who he was and how much he's been silenced. So... So when you silence someone like him to that extent, like you, you just you just make it impossible for someone like him to actually ever consider changing their mind. You know what I mean? Because right. like now it's just like he's been canceled so much that getting canceled is his grift. And so why would he stop? Why why would he ever honestly consider any of his positions when they've gotten him to this point of, you know, this high infamous no, no, notoriety? Like it's just. It, it's so stupid um and and it, it's it's so silly to me to see people who you know clutch their pearls over whether it's you know people like fuentes who i think are like non-factors and don't like i'm not saying that like there's someone that like dick's not someone i would hold up as somebody to look up to but he's also not somebody that i find to be deeply offensive or horrific or like that i even lose like i don't even think about him you know what i mean like he's, he, he doesn't matter and then people lose sleep over Ryan Dawson because of like, you know, oh, look at this thing he said on Twitter, you know, six years ago or seven years ago out of con. And so it's like, whatever, like, even if it's shit that I don't like, it's like, why would I, why would I lose sleep over it? Why, why? And then what, 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 what is your solution to it? If your solution is just to cancel people like that, it's not working, bro. <laughs> if anything, you're just, you're just emboldening people. Uh, yeah like that i mean and if anything i feel i feel like with with like to, to, to talk about ryan for a second i feel like ryan has almost gotten like on some of the things that i used to think he was problematic on i think he's actually gotten better and and not even through any direct confrontation by you or anyone else just by the the mere fact of him being given a friendly environment and a friendly platform to be on and and being around more people, I think like he's less incentivized to be uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Like controversial or to say something um Well, it's uh, like Will it's like Will yeah. just said about me. Like you could tell Reed's been off Twitter for a month and there's a little bit I mean, yeah. I was purposefully hamming it up there a little bit. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's true. Like I <laughs> when you get when you get pushed out of the mainstream and you get pushed into a corner where only banned people are, and especially if it's been for a couple decades, 
where you are where i mean back in like 2010 think of who was banned like even david duke wasn't banned but ryan was ryan was banned off of this banned off of that so you get put where like legit people who are worse than david duke are like like and you're forced to they, they become your only audience which just shows so, he wasn't banned for those offensive the quote-unquote exactly. offensive things he said he was banned for the coverage he was giving and the people he was going after and the organizations right. he was he was exposing like that that that's why they canceled him well the other thing is like look at it this way so this might get controversial but i don't really care so if um shocked pikachu face yeah i know <laughs> so will and i have talked about this before but like if you if you know there were some kids who were touched at a Catholic church or something. If you say like, Oh, those Catholics at it again or whatever, like no one thinks you literally mean every single Catholic, you know, it's a fucking stereotype about a religion. Right. Same with like, if there's misogyny in a Muslim community, like, Oh wow. (laughs) Like that's not really going to be that surprising, but with Judaism, or with Jewish people or whatever, they've like turned it into a country, a race, and a religion. And they and move the goalposts whenever exactly. it suits them. And and it so, is disingenuous. Yeah, and it's super dumb. So at the same time, like I, I wish Ryan would be more careful sometimes because he he doesn't always he's not always careful enough in his speech. And but it's not like I'm I'm not offended by what he does because like I, I can like look beyond it and go like, okay, like I don't think that's what he's saying, but I also know that. Like, I feel like he could, I don't know. I'm always like, this might be an interesting topic to talk about since you've been banned and we're talking about Ryan. Like I, I often, like, I see, I see you, I see uh, Jose, I see others who go, you know, the tower power hour crew, you guys go balls to the wall. You don't, you don't give a flying fuck what you, what you say. And, and, and like, it's all, I mean, it's, it's great entertainment. You know what I mean? I I love it. (laughs) I'm sure Will loves it too. But then I wonder, like, okay, like, is there a point of diminishing returns to that kind of stuff where, like, you're losing your ability to affect a a a bigger audience over a longer span of time by, like, you're you're burning so bright that you you burn out quick rather than having a longer sustained flame, and that that's something I go 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 back and forth uh, on because I that's kind of where I lean towards, but I also don't want to use that as an excuse to like just become like lukewarm and uh, blue pilled and, and like it's kind of a tension there. So just remember, I didn't get banned off of Twitter for saying something edgy. I got banned off of Twitter for something stupid. Like it was a, it's true. You you always get banned for something. The the last time you got banned, it was for threatening to, it was like it was like it was what was it like a, a vague attempt a vague accusation of wanting to murder a fake uh abomination non-existent yeah, person that was a mockery of you basically it was like that weird like you and Clint as a ch- like morphed into a child or something Reed Russell and right and if he came near if he came within a hundred yards of my truck I would shoot him insta ban no repeal. Even though I had him email whoever runs that account, they emailed Twitter support also saying, look, this was a joke. We know it was a joke. No, it was just, you know, completely toast. So I didn't I have never been banned for like saying things that are too controversial. It's just been for dumb shit like that. Um, and I, I like that I got banned for. I felt pretty proud of it. Yeah. What see, that's upset about it. But this tech journalist 
lady um, was like cheering for uh, Glenn Greenwald to get to die in prison. It was like a really fucking like nasty tweet when he was like in trouble with the Brazilian government or whatever. And I was just, <laughs> but I jumped on it like a dog piled on and just people attacking her for it. And I was, and she had a bunch of stuff about uh, being a cancer survivor. And I was just like, I hope your cancer gets you, <laughs> which is very mean, <laughs> very mean. But it was like first thing in the morning. I was like, fuck this bitch. Sat there and tweeted that out in a 12 year old, 12 year old account just was fucking scrubbed from the internet completely. But hey, it's it was kind of worth it because now if you haven't been banned, you're a little lame. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I feel like a fed sometimes. I'm like, you know, like, like I, I haven't been banned once. So I gotta step up. But but it's also you're very like, careful. You're very well, you're well, walking that you're walking that nuanced line. Which you yeah. Talk, talk about. I think it's important for all of us because I know, like I know, like Reed ha- doesn't have a fucking like <laughs> racist bone in his body like i know reed but it's fun and it's kind of important for us to like kind of make these jokes and and make this kind of thing to like you got to kind of like make a stand we're going like no this is obviously a joke like this is obviously like just people having fun we can't oh yeah no i and i make that stand like i don't I know you do, when, when when people bitch about that stuff i'm like it's just like whatever if it's not your cup of tea don't watch it like but yeah. it's all in good fun and if there's whatever but then it's also it, it's it's like well what am i going to choose to to, to say on Twitter and partake in, but to Reed's point, like none of that stuff is the shit he got banned for. So I don't. Yeah. Know. So just I'm just saying, like I, <laughs> I make jokes or whatever, but I'm actually really, I think I'm pretty careful. Like that, what I got nuked for was just something that I. It was a comment on some. I, I I really didn't see it coming. Like when I would make really controversial tweets, I would word them just the right way so I don't have any trigger words in there. But that one just got me off guard because. I don't know. So all of that to say, like, I I agree with you. Um, You know, there's a line that you can cross. Like I have, I've never said the N word on tower gang once and I won't just because like, it's not (laughs) worth it. I've said it on my show once in context. And this was when Joe Rogan got canceled over saying it on Spotify or whatever. So I was talking about how my dad used to, say that when he was a school teacher in context when he's reading out a huckleberry finn and that he didn't think twice about it until like four years ago when it suddenly became a no-no thing to do you know even if you're saying it in context or whatever so saying what in context <laughs> no i'm just kidding I'll say <laughs> um but yeah no i i think i think it is important i mean because yeah you you i mean i think well, I, like but Go ahead. Well, I'm going to say like, like, so that's something where like, so I got, uh, I got pushed when I was on tower power hour to, to, to say that that particular uh, combination of uh, consonants and vowels. And I did it, but that's only because like, I, I never, like my rule is if I, if I feel convicted that like I should say something, but I'm afraid of the consequences, then like I, I push myself to do it. Cause I don't, I don't want to be a bitch basically like, and I would rather get in trouble for the things I say than regret the things I don't say is sort of my rule. Um, but, but it's different. 
like like on like it's one thing if you're in a conversation and you're going back and forth with somebody and it's like you feel like you know you want to say something and it's important to say it uh and then but then it's different like finding that fine line like you said to to phrase things in in a more eloquent way where you still say what you're trying to say but you say it in a way that doesn't get you in as much attention but then sometimes the bad attention ends up paying off and getting you a wider audience so i don't know it's just kind of like it's almost like that's sort of like a it's a good example of the free market at work and like different people are trying different things and different mixtures and ratios and and coming up with varying success and and making it work for them i guess well, i would always try to not be controversial just for the sake of being controversial like i always wanted a you know a goal behind it if you're going to say something controversial it might as well be about something important that draws people attention to some point yeah to make like i mean unless it's tower gang or something then it is just about being shocking yeah but i mean that, yeah exactly on yeah. twitter or on my show, if I'm going to say, I'll never so. be on again. I had to. I had to make the most. I mean, you weren't even there. You and Clint were even there. I had to make the most of it. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I understand. Um, but yeah, I think it's all about what you use your shock value for. You know that matters. So. Yeah, I agree. So, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you guys that we we talked about before we got on the show, just to switch gears here now. Um, I've noticed a trend on Twitter over the last month, really heating up after like, um, it kind of started when after Reno, when the abortion plank was removed and then it really heated up when, uh, the Roe v. Wade news broke. But I've noticed that there's sort of now two different camps of people in the Liberty sphere. And, um, I didn't realize how big the one camp is and they've become more vocal, but we kind of have a debate going on ongoingly between you know people who i think are more of our camp although i think will kind of rides this fine line more than more more than i think me and reed are more on the other side fully but there's a side of like just full decentralization full even just full-blown secession if that's what it takes and you know make government as as small and, and local as possible at all costs and and that includes even you know decentralizing to the point where you would be um at least in a certain sense, okay with allowing small local governments to pass laws that you might not agree with. A good example being maybe abortion or maybe gun laws is another one that's come up. Like, you know, should I have a say in going to like, if, if Los Angeles wants to have a strict, like no gun law enforcement in their city, like should me in Pennsylvania be able to tell them that they don't have a right to, to do that? The, the other uh, camp that's opposed to this, they have a view that's, I guess, more like a, like a, a balancing or a, a, a d division of powers approach. And it's kind of more of a, I guess, like a constitutional uh, approach where it's like, well, the, the idea is to have different layers of government that are all sort of in combat against each other, checking and balancing one another and at any level of government, you need to enforce them to uphold individual rights. And sometimes you have to use, you know, maybe sometimes it is appropriate to decentralize in this worldview, but sometimes it's also appropriate to use the federal government to crack down on local governments who are uh, enforcing uh, laws that go against sort of individual rights. An example would be like, 
uh, the federal government putting an end to Jim Crow laws or the federal government uh, before Roe v. Wade was passed, you know, making it so that abortion was federally protected across all 50 states or, you know, another thing, again, gun rights being another controversial thing, because like, I feel like even sometimes people in our camp will push that like, well, yeah, we got to use Second Amendment to, you know, not let states push gun laws. But I was like, eh, let's like, I get that. But it also seems to kind of be in conflict with our message about other issues, like whether it be uh, abortion or, or other controversial topics where we say leave it up to the states. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit with you guys, because I think we we all kind of share similar views, but but there's maybe a little bit of uh, enough diversity and in, in different opinions here that we could maybe flesh out these topics a bit more. Yeah, I, I definitely ride that line further to uh, off of the, uh, I'm not so enthused about the pure decentralization like y'all were talking about. I think there's some nuance to it as part of like the Mises strategy. I'm, I see the value in it, but the other side of the argument isn't just like, it's constitutional or whatever there, there is the argument of like, <clears throat> do you care more about localization or individual rights? There's no perfect answer in either of them, but I mean, when Colorado decides to go against the federal government and legalize marijuana, I will cheer them. But when Georgia makes abortion illegal, I, I'll oppose, uh, you know, I'll vocally oppose it or whatever. Um, there's just issues like that, that we'll all just have to like kind of figure out where we lie on it and, and kind of find the nuance in it. Cause I would love to see, you know, the fall of the American empire and quit funding, you know, wars through, you know, the federal reserve and all the kind of stuff that every libertarian can sit there and kind of go about. And yeah, if we, <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to see that, perfect world where we break up you know the united states and we have all these you know reed's good up there in new hampshire but but we gotta new like, hampshire's like, the beta trial <laughs> yeah well, my local government can be just as tyrannical as the state government or the or the federal government it just depends on what asshole sitting up there making the laws and has control of the security force do you live it in a more rural or urban area dude i'm as rural as you could be like, okay yeah. i'm 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 not trying to like disagree with you about your where you live because I don't know the details. I just find it. I usually think most rural. Are you just saying they have the potential to, or that they are potential. the potential? Okay. Yeah. Like well, the even federal... then, I'd be I'd be curious how because like to me, most rural municipalities, or or even if they haven't, some rural areas are just like unincorporated. I thought, and they just kind of kick back to like the county government and stuff. But like typically, they get really like, small counties. Um, in Georgia, like okay. compared to most places. So, I mean, like we have, like in my particular county, we got like two actual what you would call cities, but they're not really, they're very rural. Like how and, many, how many cops, like, you know, whether they're state police Atlanta. or county, like Atlanta. how many are <laughs> We have a, we have a, a sheriff's department, which is over the county. And then we have a Patterson police force and a Blackshear police force. What do they do? Are they going after moonshiners or something? Or yeah. <laughs> Mostly uh, just, you know, druggies and domestic violence, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I know a lot of places, like I, like I know there's a, there's a girl um, in the Mises caucus in Pennsylvania who's 
um, lives in Potter County in Pennsylvania, which is super rural, and they have like no cops. But I don't know. Maybe that's so. Maybe it varies. Maybe some places are, are like that, and other places um, are more like yours. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm, and I'm, I mean, I'm, we're talking hypothetical things, like in the area of like free speech. Like as Americans, we value that. But if we're just like Georgians, like even like they're not going to give a shit about free speech, you know, or whatever. There might be like Atlanta out there will have more liberal ideas about freedom of speech in theory. I'm sure that there's things we could throw at like more liberal minded people where they don't defend free speech, but like down here, like there could be blasphemy laws, not to say that that's going to be something that we have to worry about, but it goes into that balance when we're talking like philosophically, like pure decentralization or, you know, division of powers kind of focused on supporting individual rights. Like okay. I will support the, the like a person in Los Angeles that wants to carry their gun. I'm like, you carry your fucking gun, brother. Like, do it. See, see, I would just tell them move the fuck out of there. But I, I get where you're coming from, Reed. What what are you, what are your thoughts? So, well, what if it's a gay man in Afghanistan? It, like, I would support his right to be out and like live his experience, but I don't think it's going to be on the American government to do. Defend that. That's the nuance for sure. Like, and that's where the argument I'm making definitely gets warped into something that's like we're going out to defend human rights. Yeah. For sure. So, I don't believe in defending human liberty with a government anywhere. I think so. I side completely on the side of decentralization. Um, you know, and I guess just because it's what we're used to, we go by state. So, it, since I'm behold beholden to my state government that's what i care the most about but i think there is an argument to be made that if you're going to run for federal office if you're beholden to the constitution the constitution does apply to all 50 states because of the ratification of the 14th amendment so the second amendment is a constitutional issue that the state governments do not have a right to regulate Whereas something like abortion is not constitutional. So you don't have, you know, that, that, that is, that would be a state's rights issue. So. And like, that's uh, the argument of like privacy, like you're, you're, you're right. Like Roe v. Wade does. Cause like I do get aggravated when liberals just focus on that for abortion rights, but I do think that's a damn good argument if we're defending that against like the NSA spying or, you know, you know, I just think it's not it's not definitive. It's a gray area. So sure. where the Second Amendment is not right. Like so basically not, before the 14th Amendment, it would have been completely constitutional for California, New York to ban guns. Right. But post 14th Amendment, it's not technically constitutional. But right. uh, but then it's like, okay. it gets into see, like I get so. So it depends like on are you gonna are you a constitutionalist or are you right. a, and I'm not, right. but then it's like, do I wanna be and I get the the counter to that is well, do you wanna make the perfect the enemy of the good? It's like, well, I don't even know if the constitution is good. I guess compared to what? Yeah, compared Spielberg to <laughs> behind me here. So, you know. Yeah. I mean I guess it's I guess it's 
I don't know. Like, I, I guess like the trap I'm worried about is like, I, I hear what Will is saying. I even hear what you're saying, which is like, well, you're going to, you know, maybe there's a, a little nugget of like, if you're going to run for federal office, like maybe that should be your focus. Uh, I would shy away from that just because like, I feel like it's a very slippery slope. But the minute you start rationalizing things by this sort of, sort of relativistic, like, uh, comparing of 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 different things sort of like well constitutionalism is better than what we have now like you can end up just justifying a lot of tyranny and being content with it because you go like well it's better than what like it almost reminds me of kind of what most republicans do right now which is like they don't give a shit about how awful the republican party is because they just compare them to the democrats and go like yeah well you know, this is just the most realistic option we have. It's like, well, I don't want to just settle for what's the most realistic. I think we have to push a little bit. We have to, we can't lose that sort of Ron Paul essence of like, you know, sort of being dreamers and being radicals. You know what I mean? Like we should be pushing on things and, and not settling for the status quo. Uh, But Ron Paul is a constitutionalist, and I think Ron Paul would probably vote for concealed carry reciprocity. He'd probably vote against states' rights on gun control. Like he, even when he talks about abortion, he would say it's because it's a violent crime and violent crimes are handled by the states. And he was a, you know, he was very much a believer in federalism. But when it came to the Constitution, he was also very constitutional so even someone like him who's very radical believes in the constitution so i don't necessarily think constitutionalism is a i don't think it's a a non-negotiable necessarily i suppose so so he he said the abortion was an exception because it's a violent crime because it can be that i'm just wondering if that would be a slippery slope like couldn't people say that gun ownership is a violent like where, where does the well, no, no, he, was, he was saying that violent crimes are handled individually by the states and, you know, abortion was not a constitutional issue in his mind because it's a gray area. But when it came to things that were, you know, constitutional, like the Second Amendment, at least to my knowledge, I don't think he ever supported federalism when it comes to gun control. Like, I think he. OK, so if it's in the. Legal. Right. OK. I'm not sure about that, but I think that's probably true. No, yeah. no, I think I think I get what you're saying now. So if it was so if it was explicitly in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution or whatever, he would go against state rights. But if it was a gray area where that wasn't, then it would be for state rights. Right. So I mean, I think okay. that's the constitutional argument because the Tenth Amendment. Let me pull it up here. What it actually says. That's the whole argument for the Tenth Amendment is that right. outside, basically outside of the Constitution the states can uh you know so the power is not delegated to the united states by the constitution nor prohibited uh nor prohibited by it what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. To the states are reserved to the states respectfully or to the people. So basically anything that's not dictated by the constitution is up to the discretion of the states. So see, that's why, but see, that's why like my preferred strategies and all of, like, I would rather at, like, if you, if you're in a, if I was living in a state and my state passed gun laws, I think I'd be, I'd be way more, not, not only more motivated. I think it's just easier to go to your local government and just nullify that state law. Yeah than it is to try to get the federal government to bail you out. So I, I guess that's also where I'm coming from, too, is just... I, I agree with you. I do not support... You know, I don't support the federal government telling the states what to do. I'm just saying I understand from a constitutional perspective, if someone okay, yeah, I hear is you. a constitutionalist, this is the way it is. Like, the Constitution is the high law, but then outside of the Constitution, the state's... But you, that wouldn't be the strategy you would you would choose. No. Negative. It's just I understand where they're coming from, and if you're going to run for federal office and say we need to return to the Constitution, like that's you know kind of what you're arguing for. So I just feel like that's just not a like that's just like is that a like could that ever be a winning message anymore in today's America? Like it just doesn't seem like I know there's some people out there who do still care about the Constitution, but it just. I don't think you could ever make that enough of a rallying cry. Was there ever a time that anybody ever yeah. really cared? Like, Probably not. Like, <laughs> the common man like really cared about the thing. No, it's it's something that we can all sit there and get misty out about or whatever or not or shit on it like you know spoon repealed. Well, the other thing it was it was so much different back then. One like it took forever for people to communicate, and it was such a lower population and not as widespread it was still kind of widespread geographically, but nowhere compared to what we are today. It just like, even if I'm going to grant that there's some value to a sort of more, um, I guess like um, the, I don't know how to label it, but the idea of like the separation of powers sort of view of governance, like that still needs to be decentralized, I think. Right. Like you can't, like, I don't think that works for 330 million people. Like maybe, maybe that would make sense to do for like the entire state of Georgia. Like Georgia becomes its own nation. And within that nation, you have a division of powers where like the quote unquote Georgia, the, the, the Georgia national federal government uh, has powers that are checked by the local counties. Like on that smaller scale, I'd be a lot more on board with that. I just think it doesn't scale up much more than like, I don't even think, I think Georgia's too big. I think, I think a state like New Hampshire's about as you know, <laughs> as big you know, as I think you can go with something like that. About be, 15 years ago on my ballot, there was a, a um, amendment to, or like we were voting to add the amendment 
to uh, secede like the lower southeast part of Georgia from the rest of the state. And at that time, I was definitely not, I was a libertarian, but not anywhere near down the rabbit hole where we are now. And we just laughed about it. Like, this is so silly and stuff. And like, few people I know even voted for it just to laugh about it. But um, yeah, that was on the ballot before. So, I mean, uh, I get what you're saying and like the, the breakdown of that. And I'm for it in a way of like saying the hypothetical of being able to go to your own government and, and talk. But I mean, do you guys think that secession? So like, you know, I said constitutionalism, I think is just not popular enough to gain any traction. Do you guys like it looks like secession's gaining some support? Um, you know, I mean, how much do you think it is? And is it is it just in certain areas or, or I guarantee you, like if you ask the common person, constitutionalism would be more popular than yeah. secessionism. Like, I don't think secession um, will ever happen while I'm alive, personally, like unless uh, unless the country falls apart or something. But um, and that won't be pretty <laughs> now. Yeah. So I, I think nullification is in a, in essence secession. So, yeah, know, it's kind of like functional secession without yeah. the actual secession. So I, I, I kind of yeah. he- I hear you there. I don't think we'll ever actually see the country split up or see states actually leave the union. Well, I think by the time, like, I think secession can't like if you try to do it like the southern states did, it's just not going to work. You almost have to do it slowly over time. And Keep to the point where people just wake up one day Keep and on. just kind of think like they, they just go like, yeah, these are two separate governments. You know what I mean? Like it just it has to be kind of an organic evolution almost. Well, here's the thing that I don't understand. So the Civil War, you know, regardless of what secession was about, the Civil War was obviously about keeping the union together. And I don't know why people are confused about this, because even if you listen to Abraham Lincoln, that's what he's saying, like. Four score and seven years ago, our founding fathers brought forward upon this nation a new continent conceived in liberty with the idea that all men are created equal, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, some people who were born may see it, you know, fall apart. Like that was the whole message was like, we've got to, you know, contain this union that we've created. I don't know why people get this confused nowadays, but that was what the Civil War was 100% about. And we have it drilled into our heads that the civil war was the war we had to fight to keep us together. It was the most necessary thing ever. It's like baked into American ideology. So, so many people are so averse to the idea of secession because it's treason, it's evil, it's racist. Y'all, whatever. Y'all would call the civil war above the Mason Dixon line. We, we the still got Southern aggression or Northern aggression. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll throw yeah a but what about so are southerners more open to the idea because of that like up here it's like i mean you have yeah, a, but, so I, I live like right above the mason dixon line so i get like it's 50 50 half the people are like confederate yeah. flags in their front porch and if like you're flying you know a confederate I mean? flag above the mason dixon line you're probably a racist like <laughs> i mean this I is true this is true <laughs> Yes. Again, we're right on the York County is literally like right on the border. And so it's it's a little well, some of them definitely are, and some of them I think are just being edgy, but uh, I'm in the deep south. Like I'm like in Georgia and I'm about an hour from the Florida line. Like that rule, like the Okie Finoki swamp. And 
I leave my farm. If I drive 50 miles in any direction, I'm passing several Confederate flags, several American flags and blue eyes flags, probably more of them. But there's Confederate flags all over the place here. But do you think I that, like, like I don't know, I'd feel like culturally they, yeah, the Southern yeah, people would be a bit more open to that or, or open to the idea, or maybe they'd be like, yeah, we tried that once and it didn't go well. I don't Man, know. I, the South will rise again, brother. Isn't there like a, excited about that? But not there, everybody. Like, it's, Isn't there a ton of military support in the South, though? Like, oh, yeah. would they actually support real no, They like to LARP about it. Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that doesn't seem like... It's like Nick Fuentes with his, you know, his organized Jewry thing. It's a LARP. Like, if you actually thought that, you would act differently. And they obviously don't act differently, too. So, yeah. And the uh, people that do, like, the people that genuinely get excited about, like, aggress, like, doing this and, like, training the guns and stuff, <clears> like, these guys are not, like, they're not going to be setting up classically liberal societies if they were successful, which they won't be successful. They'll be infiltrated by more FBI agents than there are in that group. And then they'll be See, this, is, this is where trick. like something, something in the, uh, I'm going to go back to the Bible here for a second. So something Jesus talks about, which Paul talks about too, is that like, you can't overcome evil with evil. And Jesus says like to turn the other cheek and overcome evil with good. And if your enemy, strikes the other cheek turn like like to, to just love on your enemies and, and and all this and some people take that to this like radical pacifist approach which i i don't think is true um but then i also think to to some extent like i think one grain of truth i think that i can pull from that is that i don't think that like it can be morally justified I want to start here. I think it can be morally justified to take up arms against tyranny. But I think the issue is, is that it doesn't work. And I think that's kind of, in essence, I think what Jesus was, was or one of the things I think Jesus was trying to talk about in that passage was that, like, when you try to overcome, you know, violent oppression with more, like, violence, like, it in the long haul that that isn't what actually leads to a more peaceful society. I mean, and I think that's played out throughout history. And so like the reason I'm really like, like one of the reasons I joined the Mises caucus is because like, I saw the way our society is going and it's like, you know what? I don't want that for my family or my kids. I don't want them to, to like, I don't want them to end up where we're having you know, any kind of violence in the streets and stuff. And so if there has to be a revolution, like I think we need a revolution, but it has to be based in something that's not violence. Ultimately, it has to be based in something that's some sort of, you know, peaceful revolution based on love, which is kind of what the Ron Paul revolution is. And I think what the Mises caucus is, has, has tried to revive. Um, so, it, it, it to me, it's the only path forward. It's just, it's like, I think the reason why that's hard for people to buy into is because it's a long road. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't get us to freedom. It might not even get our kids to freedom, but like maybe you could get our grandkids to freedom. I don't know. But like, it's, it has to be like a long evolution. We can't force it. I don't know. Go Reed's, ahead, Reed. uh, Reed's down there being a doubting Thomas. Do you see him? He's just <laughs> doubting Thomas. I like it. Well, so what about Matthew five forty one? 
Oh God! <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> this well, one I've right. come to set brother against brother, and uh, no, 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 no. Well, no, you no. were talking about how Jesus says like turn the other cheek, this and that, but he doesn't. I've um, come to bring a sword. Or no, it's when he says if a Roman soldier tells you to carry his pack one mile, carry it two. So yeah, that's the same passage. It's bitch yeah. shit. To me, that seems like if your oppressor tells you to do something, then just fucking do it and do more for him. Actually, so it's just the extreme pacifist argument i mean i do actually think jesus was an extreme pacifist i know there's the verse about like take a sword and you know oh, that's actually not that's not even a good one that's taken no. out of context but uh, that was about biblical prophecy but i i don't think um i think the point of what jesus was saying there just to my my take on it is that um i don't think he's telling people to be cucked i think he's telling people that you will actually the way to overcome evil is actually to, if you show people who are doing evil to you a unearned love and compassion, the idea is that this can transform people and 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 bring them to you or make it to where like they no longer have it within them to keep keep continue to continue doing that evil to you because it's like your goodness has sort of like stunned them and and like almost crippled their ability to do that and i think that's hard to execute and i don't like no one really does that like it's kind of hard it's contrary to human nature like someone demands you to do something like we're kind of programmed to do the bare minimum and the idea of like someone makes you do something and then you're gonna go above and beyond and, and go like that extra mile with them it's 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 a lot closer to sort of like um showing mercy upon those who do evil in in the hopes of redeeming them than it is the idea of like just just be cucked and do whatever do do whatever the authorities tell you to do to the to a fault mm -hmm. maybe i don't know i uh but that's i i just i don't know i don't think jesus cared about oppressive governments at all in my opinion, like I know we talked about this the first time he came on my show. Like, I think Jesus just cared about the condition of your heart and your soul and that you love God with all your, you know, you love God with all your heart and you love your neighbor as yourself. And outside of that, I don't think he really cared. Um, well, I think he didn't care in the sense of like, I think he cared about it on a deeper level. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think he cared about it in the sort of like the terrestrial sense that like we're talking about i think he cared about it more in the sort of like what's at the root of violent oppressive regimes you know what i mean like i think he was going at the 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 root of the human condition that leads to uh authoritarianism which is mm -hmm. sort of pride and a lack of humility and a uh a focus on earthly treasures and a focus on you know sort of a a short time preference lifestyle and a focus on uh um yeah i think I, sort, sort of like that that part where jesus says and i you know you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but i say turn the other cheek like i think that's what he's getting at there is that if you go through life and it's and it's literally just a pound for a pound with everyone around you and 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 that's your mentality like you're going to be at war your entire life with the people around you and if everyone's doing that like we will not have peace 
And that's something that Jesus talks about peace a lot. He says, like, insofar as it depends on you, live at peace with all. And I think peace is a Christian virtue. So it's kind of like, I think Jesus was teaching how to have a more peaceful society, but not, you know, he wasn't directly talking about statism, but he was talking about, I think, the conditions of our heart, which are directly, which I think are definitely tied and correlated with, you know, why, you know, authoritarianism exists in the first place. Yeah, like the idea is just like, hey, fix man, and then the government would work. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, can't, like you can't fix us. We're monkeys, and just, we're just dumb monkeys, monkeys and <laughs> we're really smart monkeys. That's the problem. Like, you know, we're not, what I'm we're not smart enough to succeed, but we're not dumb enough to die off completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and unless somebody fucking presses the, you know, the big button. Well, you know. What's the? What do you guys think about the the the, the ongoing Russia, Ukraine stuff? I mean, you think like I I can't get a a good vibe on it. Sometimes I feel like it's almost a like a show, and almost like there's not that much conflict going on, and it's almost more like media stuff meant to just like whip people into a frenzy, um, and that we're not in that much real danger. But then it's like we also didn't think that. Putin was going to invade at all. So I'm trying not to be naive on that front, but it's like, I don't know. Like is, is, is this something that could catastrophic catastrophically go wrong? Or do you think it's just the latest and the, dude? it's like, it's, that's what it always is. The whole war is being sold by the media just so a bunch of rich assholes can be richer. And that's what all of them are always about. And yep, yeah, probably, None of these bombs are ever going to get shot at one of the important countries, but they fucking could. And once they fucking do, that's a fucking wrap. Like, if anybody survives, it's going to be a shitty fucking life after all that nuclear winter rains down on us. That we were. It seemed like when we were growing up, we were, like, moving past all that kind of shit. Society was like, you know, we were still destroying third world countries and, and, pillaging them and taking their wealth and that kind of stuff. But all the nuclear power or nuclear armed countries were kind of getting to the point where we're like, okay, we're, you know, working together. And now with this latest, like Russia theater, you're right. It is kind of theater of like, Oh, Putin did this and he stole the election and all this kind of stuff. And now, you know, people only really care about like if, if conservatives want to pay attention to it and they're actually, sometimes they're really good on it because they're focusing on like the bad shit about. Yeah. I've been surprised by how much conservatives, at least the ones that in like in my area aren't just falling for it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them are just like, I don't give a shit about Ukraine and all that. It's easy for them right now. Cause it's, it's kind of like, this is Obama and Biden's. That's true. If it had been, I wonder what it would have been if Trump was in office and, but like, would this even have happened if Trump was? I don't know. There's so many variables. But if if something like this could have happened while any Republican was in office, it'd be it would be interesting to see if if conservatives would have just, you know, they wouldn't got, have. You know, they wouldn't have. Like, maybe oh. if it's a conservative like a you know a Lindsey Graham type now going against what the Trump dudes want, you would see that. But when Trump dropped the Moab, they were cheering. When he tore up the Iran treaty, yeah. they were cheering. When he bombed and, up, when he killed Soleimani, they were yeah. 
all that like that, Richie Aaron. that shit could have got <laughs> crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that could have. I been... was more worried about that than I was this Russia Ukraine stuff. To, to be to be honest, like I thought oh, that honestly, was more. I thought that like... I thought that was more. But like, if we had actually gone to war with Iran, I was like, that could almost be like the the Jenga block you don't want to pull out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think well, we're I, was, I was scared both times, and I'm sick of getting these World War Three scares every couple of years. You know, like. Just chill with the World War Three scares. Not really a fan of, you know, blowing the whole world up. Um, but I think Russia is going to crush Ukraine. I mean, that's always been the case. But a lot of people bought the media lies for a couple months. It's so obvious they're getting completely crushed. And they've taken what? Like, I think it's about 70 billion total from us. And they're yeah. still losing this war. Like, if you can't win a war with 70 billion, <laughs> like... You know, Think of that kind of fucking money too. Like, how yeah. big is Ukraine? Like, like, where is that money at? You know what I'm saying? And being spent on because it, yeah. It, and I mean, we all know it's like fucking defense. You know, you know all that kind of shit, and all these people are padding their pockets with it. But just literally seventy billion fucking dollars. And yeah, we're at a point right now where everybody's, you know inflation and everything and people still want to fucking argue about it but well see i think the inflation yeah. has made conservatives a bit more guarded against supporting it because like i mean the people i work with and stuff they're just kind of like they're too distracted by the economy to really give a shit about this geopolitical theater crap you know what i mean they're just like i mean well, whatever like i don't like russia or or whatever but like i can't afford to put you know what i mean it's kind of like that has low hierarchy of needs like it's kind of hard to give a shit about halfway across the world when like it seems like your own backyard is on fire which you know it, it, it kind of is <laughs> so i mean back back in the bush years you know it was different like we had just got down to the 90s which was like you know someone who grew up in the 90s it was almost like we were sold this version of America that was like we were invincible and nothing bad could ever happen. And it was just all uphill from here. And then nine 11 happened and it was like a, you know, a freaking, I mean, it, it was, it, it wrecked like my generation's like worldview, like completely. I mean, I was like, I was in like fourth or fifth grade when nine 11 happened. I mean, like it, I mean, I remember like crying in my living room with my parents. Cause like I, it, it was, I mean, it was, terrifying like yeah, you grew up with that this idea that like america is so good and so great and no one would ever no one would ever attack us and then you you bought into the you know you're a kid you buy into the fear-mongering of the the afghan war and the iraq war and all this and then you know looking back at it it's just like you know it, it, so it's like it's i don't know i'm i'm hopeful that i'm i'm sure some of them will just always follow marching orders but i think I think it's going to be a lot harder to to get as many to, to support any kind of major war effort as it was in the past. But that's my thoughts. Just to, what they'll use is partisanship to 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 push it over the edge. Like whatever side is in power, it'll be a. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll, but they usually aren't. But I thought like they're usually kind of lockstep with the war stuff though. Usually, I guess I guess it's a little bit different now. Like Trump kind of changed that a little bit because sure. of the Russia stuff. But and there's always been like you know special types of Republicans that are against war spending and stuff. Nothing significant like Ron Paul, but there are handfuls of them. But the Republican Party, you know, three quarters of it, if not more, are like will always support the military. 
And, you know, if Ron DeSantis is president, like next election, and maybe it won't be Ukraine, maybe it'll be Taiwan or whatever, and shit's popping off, conservatives conservatives will defend it. You know, what do you, what do you guys think about the uh, libertarian uh, party of Florida running against DeSantis? That's that, that was kind of a hot topic for a while. Absolutely do it. Like Ron DeSantis is no friend to libertarians. COVID's over. Like, okay. He was pretty good. Like some governors were on it, but we don't need to be sucking his dick anymore. Like, yeah, I never, uh, I never did, but, <laughs> but I mean, I think, uh, I don't, I don't know Hector very well. I've met him once. He seems like a nice guy. He's not going to win or even throw the election. Like, there's no way. So people freaking out about him running. It's like, he's going to get. It was a virtue a signal. Yeah, you know I mean, like people, people were clutching their pearls. Thousand votes or whatever. Well, this <laughs> like, no, I mean, he has like, last I checked, he had like 700 followers on Twitter or something. So people who think he's going to throw the election in Florida out of your mind like of course he's not so chill like take it easy but yeah fuck DeSantis like I don't the care more, if he's governor of Florida that's fine but the more understand. interesting question like DeSantis is whatever but like I, I this might just be my prejudice because I'm from Georgia but like we're gonna have a very tight race between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp who's you know a better Republican than Ron DeSantis like if you're looking at it from a libertarian Republican ish standpoint, he is by almost every metric. He sucks. He's a fucking lap dog for Israel. He fucking celebrates the police arresting people for marijuana, yada, yada, yada. But then he's running against a Clintonite, you know, Stacey Abrams, who's the media's darling. It's going to be, money dumped into our state and racing and the libertarian party we have shane hazel who is a contender and will he does have a chance of like at least getting enough of the vote to turn it to a runoff and that's what will happen but like that's the strategy is for us to inconvenience these parties until we get big enough to actually do something i mean if you got a problem with the hector dude running or are they gonna are they are they gonna uh, Waco us or Ruby Ridge us. <laughs> Maybe, you know, uh, somebody had a good tweet, like the moment the CIA um, lost power of the Libertarian Party, we got labeled as a hate group. Like, based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Ron DeSantis is so over, sorry about that. Um, Ron DeSantis is so overblown. It's so overblown. Like, I don't understand why there is this libertarian love fest with him so to me he is literally the right wing obama so he's good on one issue obama was good on the iraq war he voted no on the iraq war if you looked at the rest of his record you could tell this guy sucked like yeah he was an you know a constitutional scholar or whatever but his votes were not good he was only good on the iraq war DeSantis wasn't even that good on COVID. Like he talked on it for a couple months. But he but he triggers the libs, which I appreciate. He, well, here's That's the thing. Like, this, bro. He That's was it. obviously, <laughs> you know, um, he was obviously artificially placed where he is. Like it <laughs> I mean, the media focused on him more than anyone else. And I guess Florida's a big state, but Governor Cox in Utah was just about the same when it came to COVID as uh, 
you know, um, as DeSantis was. And then the same thing with, uh, you know, like Will's pointing out in Georgia, his governor was just about the same or better than DeSantis. So DeSantis was like put in this place where he is this shining beacon of liberty where it's just bullshit. And you look at his record. He was in Congress from 2012 to 2018. He was awful. He wants to overthrow every South American country. <laughs> he wants to, you know, wipe Iran off the map. He is like the biggest support of Israel ever. Um, he's, you know, the only thing that I think he was sort of okay on was Syria. Like he was like, why are we arming these terrorist groups in Syria when we don't know who they are or whatever? But he's obviously being set up for a presidential run. So I don't really give a shit if he's the governor of Florida. It's Florida. I don't live there. He's a pretty run-of-the-mill governor. But this guy is being set up to be the presidential nominee in 2024. And not that it'll be any worse than Biden, really. But I am not going to be sucking his dick into the Oval Office. Like, fuck him. I mean, Dude, he... I kind of wish uh, whatever drugs they're giving him, like, if they could keep him going and get him to run and win again in 24 like give me four like like I, I i like i think you've said it and other people have said it read but like i kind of think that biden winning is almost like it was better than if trump had won in some ways you know what i mean like because it, it kind of it, it's pushing all the right buttons i think for us in the alp and the mises caucus to really do some damage like I, I, I'm not saying we couldn't have been effective if Trump had been in office, but I just think Biden being in there just makes it like such an obvious house of cards, and just and 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 also like he's doing such a bad job. <laughs> like it just it, it. I don't know. Like I, I guess that's maybe like that might sound callous to people who are like really suffering because of some of the stuff he's done. And like, I don't mean it like I'm happy about the bad thing. Cause I just think that like, if anything, Trump, like Trump was only scary or different because of his rhetoric on Twitter. And maybe because he was just not a complete war hawk like everyone else was. But other than that, like he was the same. You know what I mean? Like he governed pretty much the same. He kind of maintained the status quo. Whereas with Biden, it's like, well, we're at least moving in a direction it's not a direction I like, but it's also like the more we stayed in that status quo, the more it was like I think people were just content to not care and not do anything. And now it's like it's people are more willing to hear, I think, what we have to say because they see that the uh, the emperor's got no clothes or sense of where he is or who he is. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So... Um, well, we're coming up on, I guess, an hour and a half now. Um, so, uh, what are you guys' closing remarks? I and mean, what, what are, what are, you know, are there any national uh, or, or global current events or, or beats or anything that you guys have been paying attention to that you're, uh, I don't know, itching to talk about quick before we get off? Um. Yeah, I mean, I foresee a hard swing to the right. That I think it's already started. I mean, with, you know, it's sort of moderate right now. Nothing crazy has happened. But I think you could see gay marriage become illegal in some states coming up. Um, I can see that decision being overturned. And I can see straight up abortion bans, even for miscarriages and, um, you know, first trimester or whatever. Like, I see a lot of, like, extreme right wing 
governance coming down the pipeline just because it's going to be a reaction to all the left-wing bullshit that we've had over the last several years um i mean and the reason i think that is because i thought it was ridiculous when conservatives are saying that if we legalize gay marriage next thing you'll have is you know kid fucking and people marrying their toasters or whatever and here we are. They were right. Like that type of shit is happening. So I do think that it can get retarded to the right again. You know, it was before it can happen again. So I don't know. I, I think Florida is going to get more conservative. California is going to get more liberal. There's just going to be that continuing divide. That's why I moved to New Hampshire. That's why you should too, if you're watching this stream. So move to New Hampshire, join the free state project. It's the only hope for Liberty. I don't think blueberries can grow in New Hampshire. Oh, they can. We got blueberries. Can they? Okay. They can, but that's a lot of fun. They, Maine is one of, are they, are they one of the biggest exports in the States? Do you know? What? Will? Georgia, I think Georgia, if not, it's in the least top three. Of like, yeah. He was saying Maine. Maine. Right? They, they're up Maine, there. Maine has, very... Maine, to my knowledge, is like, um, they, the way they grow and produce their blueberries is vastly different because they don't like ours grow up to like 12 foot tall our bushes there's yeah. they they keep them almost like little shrubs like knee high um so it's a whole different operation but there's like it's just for well, decoration for all the the rich people who like to go vacation well, in see, the, that's the, the new thing. england areas <laughs> i think maine is like a lot like a lot fewer farmers and they're way bigger operations a lot harder to get into it here in georgia there's you know probably i would say thousands of blueberry farmers in georgia you know i'm not quite sure but there's a lot of different like smaller farms and stuff so i, I don't know man it's different that's it's interesting different it's an interesting like like I, I like the free state project but i also wonder like is over concentration like a bad thing because i don't know like, i i see where it could be good i also see where it could just make it easier for like the the more of us that are there, the the more of a target we become, I guess. But it's also strength in numbers. So I don't know. I go, I go back and forth on that. But I think my main, I think really, it's all just an excuse that like I don't want to live up in New Hampshire because it's just fucking cold. Fuck yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> no, like, Pennsylvania is well, too cold for me. Like going farther, going north is the wrong direction. No, like kind of given the inverse to Reed's point about like like we can't all move to New Hampshire <laughs> and we are gonna get like this hard swing to the right. And I know some of us are like we're gonna giggle about it because y'all are around a bunch of liberals and, and that kind of shit. But like, yeah, like if they try to like ban gay marriage in Georgia, like I'm gonna have to fucking team up with the liberals and fucking support them and shit and like you know there's a bunch of causes that the liberals here in the deep south are going to be pushing for that are libertarian causes but there's going to be do we need to team up with them for the same because like i mean i mean we talk about teaming up with conservatives over things no no like, but what i mean what I, what I mean is team up with them like we should encourage them to like go after real solutions which is like hey instead of uh fighting over who the government institutes marriage towards is get government out of marriage. You see, that's I, I'm with you. And like, that's a lot of philosophical talk that we can, you know, jerk off about, but in real, you know, in real world terms, 
you know, I got family members and shit that that would yeah. fucking radically change their fucking lives. And then I mean, I, I agree with Will here. Like if government does control marriage, then gay marriage should be legal. Like it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. But yeah. As, but but as long as government controls marriage, it'll just continue to be the tug of war. So it just right. But like should... I want to abolish the Civil Rights Act for the, um, you know, the, the private sector. Uh, which I think is is actually a small part of the Civil Rights Act. Like most of it is actually pertaining to the government. And I do believe as long as government institutions exist, that they should not be allowed to discriminate based on race, sex, you know, religion, whatever. See, that's different than what Jeremy Kaufman says, because he says he thinks local governments should be allowed to discriminate against. Uh, so and, and like, I, 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 hear, I hear both. I hear both sides of that. It's like I don't. I don't know. I mean, in, in some sense, it's like we don't know what works and we're all just kind of going to have to experiment and do our own thing. But all that to things. say, like, I, th I think, um, you know, I was actually on a podcast with some people at Freedom Fest where they were telling me, like, I support the right of every individual. And if I want to send a gun to somebody in Afghanistan, I should be allowed to do that and blah, blah. You know, it's like, OK, like on a purely philosophical level, yes. If there's some gay dude in Afghanistan, that the Taliban is the Taliban is going to come in and murder or whatever. Like, yeah philosophically you should be able to send that guy a gun but realistically would that be like the libertarian party arming some gay afghan yeah. dudes but the thing is like <laughs> on a realistic level what that would actually mean is the cia you know supporting some puppet regime in afghanistan or whatever just like in cuba or wherever like wherever people are advocating us to be allowed to send private guns to private i mean it doesn't work that way you can't send a private gun to a private citizen like that you can't do that that's not a thing you can do so when people make that argument they're sort of like washing their hands of the reality of the situation oh know? i agree with you and so I, I, I just think that the, well, the, same, I think applies. the same thing with like oh, gay ahead. marriage you know like lots of libertarians will say well i think the government should have nothing to do with marriage and i'm like well yeah i do too but while it does control marriage i think you know gay marriage should be illegal so this know. is the actually only right take. <laughs> <I love that>. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I hear you. I, I guess that's also my, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I just, I, maybe this is, I don't know. Sometimes I worry this is a Lalbert position, but I don't think it is. I think it's just radical decentralization. It's just, I, I push back intrinsically against anything where someone's like, and because it's like any position that requires me to be okay with the federal government doing anything, like I just no, <laughs> like I just I can't, I can't do it. Like it just I can't make that mental because it's just to me it's like it will only be a short term victory. Like any time we use government, like and even at the state level, like any time we get the government to go, oh we don't like what's happening here, so we're going to use the government to protect individual rights. It's like but are they really protecting individual rights? Like, so like, is, is that what they're we, really doing on a fundamental level? Or is this really just a, a tug of war power struggle where one side is pushing uh, to, to control the, the ring of power over the other side. And that's all it ever is, is this continuing back and forth struggle. And, and, and that's, if we continue to feed into that, and the more we continue to feed into that, the worse off we're going to be. And I just, I, I want to get as many people as I can to just unplug from that fight. Cause it's like, believe and believe me, I get tempted too. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm 
you know, pretty much further to the right by a significant degree to than than either of you. So like, you know, when when I uh, when I see states, I don't know if that's true. Actually, well, 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 <laughs> it depends uh, on what the issue well, is. But well, I'd be a, so when a state wants to ban gay marriage, I don't give a shit unless I really like dig deep down into my libertarian heart well, no, no, and go. No, no, no. So wait, we're getting confused here. I do not want the federal government to protect gay marriage. I was just saying, like, Will, if I lived in Georgia, I would want the state government to respect gay marriage because as long as the state government has control over marriage, it should be allowed, you know, gay people should be allowed to get married. I feel the same way about New Hampshire. Like, if as long as New Hampshire has a state government, the state government shouldn't be allowed to discriminate. If you have your own, I would, I would put it this way: I wouldn't care enough about the government allowing gay marriage to do anything about it. But if the government in my state banned gay marriage, I also wouldn't feel compelled to go fight to change it. Other than to just say, well, the only thing that I think that should really be changed is just the government doesn't really have any uh, right to be involved in the institution of marriage in the first place. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, would that's the only thing agree, I would push for. Would you at least agree with, with what Reed said? As long as the government is in charge of marriage, like depending on even state governments, if they're in charge of marriage, well, that's what I mean. State, state marriage should be, but do you have a right to be, see the only time I invoke that argument is that like, if it's a natural right, I don't think you have a right to be married. Like you, like the government doesn't owe you the 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 right to that title or that. Uh, I mean, like status. you don't have any rights. The government can come in here and shoot us in the fucking head, and like people are just gonna be like, "Yeah." No, like, like George it's, Carlin, it's rights aren't real; they're cute, real well, like cute. If, if it's if it's equal protection under the law, like listen, like I want a gay person to be as much you know, considered innocent till proven guilty and to have, well, have equal rights under like, the law in terms of like, you know, when it comes to things right. of but a criminal marriage nature. Is, marriage is a contract. And as long as the state is giving out contracts. But the state contract, shouldn't be giving out contracts. Like I just can't. I'm with you. We both <laughs> agree. agree there. It's just this that is... while they are, they but while they are, I don't but discriminate. They, I disagree. Well, so like, some... while, while they are, I don't give a shit. So if I, if someone... Gets a you know if someone gets a permit or something to build their house on their own property, which is still required by the government, they shouldn't be allowed to discriminate against somebody who's black or gay or whatever, you know. And yeah, we agree the government shouldn't be regulating that permit or that that's closer to a natural right though. or like whatever. The, the, the right to build something on your own property is a natural right. Right. The, well, so the is right. the right to. Uh, share the rest of your life with somebody, but the government's regulating the shit out of it. So obviously, we don't want the government. Well, you can still live with. No, so if the government was saying they can't live together, I'd have a problem with that. But the government's that. just saying making you the can't... contract to be married, to be together, to be able to adopt children, to be able to see each other in the hospital when they're needed. Yeah, like there's a lot of legal ramifications that come along with yeah. marriage. So if they want to enter a contract with each other. That is a natural right that is being refused by the government. Now, the government should not be allowed to force a church to marry them or anything like that. I'm in total agreement. 
However, the government should not be allowed to prohibit them from entering a consensual contract. I think you can still, even if you can't get married, you can still make someone your power of attorney or go into some sort of other contract like a civil union. Right, Um, but it shouldn't be harder for you just because of your orientation. So we're agreed that we want the government out of it completely. But in the meantime just like they regulate everything else. If they're going to regulate shit. I, I, I hear where you're coming from. I guess it's just if I was in a state that had marriage, gay marriage banned, I wouldn't be pushing to tell the government. Uh, my, my push would not be to get the government to allow gay marriage. My push would be to just stop being right, involved in the thing right now, altogether. And, I, and that's okay. But like, just imagine, just imagine like, you know, one of your family members that you, you know, love more than libertarian ideals or what, what have you like they're, they're gay and they, they want to marry somebody or they want to situate themselves on a contract where they're not going to be put in a situation like people are worried about with this gay marriage issue. One of them should just identify as a woman and just circumvent the whole thing. uh, I mean, that's what they do. (laughs) <laughs> I would I would be more encouraging of, of but, but in all seriousness like I would be more encouraging of them to like do an agorism almost than I would to like I just because it's like okay again we have scarce resources and that includes our time and our money and in, in even our emotional outrage you know what I mean so it's like we can't give to everything <laughs> equally we we just can't we have to prioritize and it's like I'm not saying so. Yes, in a strict libertarian sense, it's wrong for uh, any government to impose some kind of arbitrary restriction on you two can't do X contract because of X uh, aspect of your identity. But not all instances of government interfering are ones that are so severe that I need to fight to tell. Like the like, if we're going to fight it, the fight should be. Well, the government should just blanket not be involved in that contract, not like, well, I'm going to, well, I can't get that. So now I'm going to push to make the government treat everyone equal. And I think the problem with that approach is what are you losing in that fight? And I think what you're losing is the normalization of the government being involved in the first place. And I don't, I just won't cede that ground. I'm not going to cede any ground that's normalizing that because then we're losing that. The, the actual culture war against the state. F- fair point, but hear my hypothetical. What if the government just says, like, all right, nobody can get married? Like, you can go into, you can call it a social contract. You can get power of attorney, but you can't call it marriage. You and your wife can't say you're married. And that comes with some issues with the babies right there. Like, we'll just handle that with some sort of a lawyer, but you still can't say that y'all are married. By the way, I just, for Fagertarians, if you're watching this, if you include the first part where I was making jokes about gay people or whatever, and you don't show me arguing for gay marriage, <laughs> right. you are a bunch of so honest Look y'all. Fuck you guys, so <laughs> just want to point that out. Here. You got to balance it, Reed. There's I know. I have the racism and the, the you know, I got it all. So. <laughs> Good grief. I blocked those guys. Like After Reno, like, there's no point. Like, I just, I blocked all of them. They're 
not they're barely worth mentioning. I'd go no, on the I mean, show if they invited me just for the heck of it, I think. But oh it, it'd be more entertaining than anything. I could make I could make that happen. Uh, I don't know if I want to make it happen, but if they invited me on, I probably wouldn't. We turn could it do down. a capitalist communion meets fakertarians collide, <laughs> where it's one of them podcasts where you got like twelve different squares. Dude, they fucking hate together. me. I mean, it, well, it, it, I it's, it's Dave it. Smith, Josh Smith. Then there's a big drop off, but I think I'm 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 competing for third place. I think and if they're watching this now, they're just like he can't even see. I'm in the their clown. In, <laughs> their their little stupid podcast. I'm in their intros. Like they have clips of me in their intros. Like that's how much they hate me. I don't think I've ever even been brought up on their podcast, or maybe I have, but only I, only in reference to Ryan Dawson, though. That's well, that's, that's the okay. Only time. Like if all you've got against me is that I have someone on my show sometimes, like. <clears throat> That Hudak guy was messaging me like every day for like a month when like like that whole thing broke out about like okay here's this clip of Ryan Dawson saying this and here's this tweet of Ryan Dawson saying this and at one like at first I was kind of like yeah these are bad about a week later I was like G- go do you not have a fucking life like is this all you have like I don't even care anymore because you care so much it made me not give a shit yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had the exact same. I was like, I was watching them, and I was like, damn, that's bad. And then it's just like, people try to make it worse than what it was. Right, like, it's just, like, just let it be what it is, which is like, yeah, that's bad, that's cringe. No, he's not a Nazi, okay? look at it in the context that he's talking about, it's not that fucking bad. No, it's not. And the whole whole thing about, like, what do you do about a parasite? He's referencing an actual documentary that you can go watch, and there's – literally nothing anti-semitic in that it's actually a really fucking good documentary like most of his documentaries are i mean you know sometimes he didn't do himself any favors with that clip that we're referencing like it was no he didn't he was angry i mean they did cut it kind of autism is a bitch of a thing yeah (laughs) like dude you don't do yourself any favors sometimes like i I I am used to him. I de- I'm desensitized to him, so I always understand where he's coming from now. But it's just like, dude, Jesus fuck! Like, you got to work on your optics here. But he's not an optics guy, so it is no. what it is. But. No, no, I hear you. No, I, I I I hear where you guys are coming from. I, I guess it's like I just don't want to, you know, I, like I I just I always want to be pushing that Overton window, and that's what my concern is. And I and I guess there's ways that you can do that while fighting for the government to be less shitty in the here and now but i just i'm i'm uh, i'm that meme of will where it's like farmer skeptical like if i could do that with my eyebrow Is i would am i a meme <laughs> buddy made at that least, yeah at least at buddy, least in our little circle you're you're a meme buddy um, pushed that into the universe yeah but that that is me whenever someone's like well we got to get the government to treat people fairly as long as it exists it's like mm. <laughs> but it won't like you can try, but it it, it just won't. <laughs> and there's always going to be a cost. And it's just I would rather circumvent well, I, that whole thing. So like when they try to ban, I mean I am for the government banning no knock raids in my state. Like I think that's a good thing. So that's the government restricting itself from doing something. So you would say that the federal go if like the United States government made it illegal for state governments to do no-knock warrants raids or but well i don't think they can the government all they can do is these are governments they don't follow rules they just go 
this I wouldn't is the... trust anyone to enforce yeah. that law would be the issue where whereas if you nullify at the local level if you pass an ordinance that uh well, that's what i meant that local... you're saying like if you pass a state law that no no knock raids are illegal i think that's fine i think that's I'm, good. I'm, i guess i think it'd be better to do it at the, the government local you're making the government do something but that's the best like that's the best option and we'd all love that but but even then the if, you, if you pass it at the state level i i don't know like that i'd have to it might vary state by state i wonder if the municipal local authorities would be held to the state law or to their like it's always better to do those nullification things at the the uh the county or municipal level if you can um because that's you know it's the law enforcement at those levels that help to cooperate to enforce those laws not everyone has state troopers in their area so i don't know might might vary state by state i know here in pa like uh most of our county doesn't have state trooper presence it's mostly local regional police um now granted they tend to be a lot less dickish than the state troopers do like the state troopers here in PA tried to enforce some of the COVID bullshit. The local regional police was just like, we don't, we don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. It's it, and I think to some extent there, there's a little bit of wiggle room there um, to let people try their own things and see what works. But I don't know. That's yeah. my, 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 my only pushback though is just to be careful because it, it it's usually not going to go in your favor, but we're we're coming up on an hour forty nine. Let's um let's wrap this up maybe with uh each of us give a minute of roasting Liam for for not being here and then like a minute to plug whatever we want to plug. And then we'll get out of here. All right. Well, Liam, it's a shame you weren't here. You are the best looking libertarian I know which you would think would be a low bar, but you set that bar high, my man. Those rosy cheeks, those innocent eyes. It's supposed um, to be a roast, not a love letter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's no. taking on my material. He's so goddamn pretty. Like, I mean, most of the capitalist communions, I just sit there and look at look in Liam's eyes. And just go, oh. Yeah, I can't <laughs> help it. I can't shit talk Liam. He's too beautiful, you know. But he's um, innocent, he's pure. You know what I'm saying? Me as far as I go, you're can... almost holding hands when Ron Paul is speaking. Like uh, I know he's gonna watch this and he's gonna think about it. Ball. And yeah, I would have held his hand. He's such a baby that like I'm surprised Ron Paul didn't mistake him for like an actual baby that like, he's having to deliver <laughs> in the room. <laughs> but uh yeah, I love you, Liam. I can't say anything bad about you. Um and yeah, I am Reed Coverdale. I have the show The Naturalist Capitalist. If you Google either of those, they'll show up anywhere. I'm the only one that exists. You can find me on the Southern Poverty Law Center now. Uh, buy my shirts from toplobster.com. I got a whole bunch of different selections. Uh, check it out. You'll love it. Um, and if you want to follow speak. him on Twitter, you can't. But you can follow me <laughs> yeah, and I follow, occasionally screenshot stuff he puts on Facebook. <laughs> follow LP New Hampshire on Twitter. That's true. Closest yeah. you'll get to following me. Yep. Cool. Uh, Will. No podcast or libertarian activism of note, but buy my wine, make me rich, and I'll donate <laughs> to to some causes when I got all my bills paid. Uh, cool. Hey, man, thank you for always, you know, y'all always let me come on here and I get to play podcaster. It's very fun, and I appreciate it. No, it's always 
you you bring that nice little balance of like a little bit of me cock, a little bit of f- faggot, a little bit of. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like that's the aesthetic I'm going for, brother. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh. So yeah. So this is three quarters of the capitalist communion. So if you guys haven't caught those, we usually do these kind of conversations on Reed's show, but we've been on kind of a hiatus, but hopefully we'll get Liam uh, to to stop being gay and to actually, you know, say he's available for a, for an episode and we'll get to do it over there. Over there in that fake mountain time bullshit, East (laughs) coast time supremacy, right? Yeah, exactly. Free, freedom time. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, time. yeah. But yeah, Reed, Reed's part of freedom to time too now. You know what I mean? He he used to be over. He wasn't even was uh was Utah Mountain Time or that Pacific Time? That was Mountain Time. Was Mountain Time? Okay. Yeah. Did I get Montana right and being Mount, Mountain Time? Mountain Time. Yep. Was the only weird one's sure. Arizona. They're Pacific Time during the summer and uh, Mountain Time during the winter. That's lame. Very That's lame. so dumb. It is. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice. They don't switch on daylight savings. You know, they're just that the beats. same that's, all year long. That's so. better. I would take that. Nice. Oh, huh. That's why it's opposite during the winter and summer. So that works. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for watching. Thanks, Will and uh, Reed for hopping on. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at Biblical Anarchy uh, if you don't follow me already. And uh, if you want to throw me a few bucks, patreon.com slash Biblical Anarchy. Um, you know, running a podcast isn't the most expensive thing, but it's not free and does take up, take up some of my time. So, uh, if you like the content I put out and you want to support the show a little bit, make it easier for me to put a little bit more out there. Um, I will do so. And unlike Reed here, I actually have Patreon perks. So if you, if you sign up, you'll, you'll actually get something for it rather than just, uh, you know, uh, money flapping in the wind. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks guys. Thanks everybody for watching and uh, yep, yeah, we're out of here. See you guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.